Are you a business leader with a growth mindset? Do you want to improve your marketing, your growth, and your business? Then welcome to the Pro Growth Marketing Podcast. My name's Dan, and my goal is to provide you with information and resources to help you make informed choices when it comes to growth, marketing, and achieving more in your business and your life. Today, I'm excited to be joined by my special guest, Sean Douglas. Sean is the U.S. Air Force veteran, TEDx speaker, master resilience implementer, and suicide awareness trainer business positioning strategist, international radio show host of Life Transformation Radio, and author. He's a suicide survivor who hit rock bottom. He believes that you were created for purpose, and once you unlock your true potential, you'll elevate your life, which is why he founded the Success Corps. Sean works with entrepreneurs, speakers, and business owners to improve their positioning in the market, which increases profitability while decreasing their anxiety and stress so their business can thrive. Sean, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me, my friend. Yeah, I'm looking for, I'm, I'm really excited, been looking forward to this conversation. First of all, I have to say that, that um, I feel like we, even though we come from different backgrounds, we have a lot of similarities in what we've done in our careers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, well, so I'll start with the, the master, master resiliency piece, because I was a master resiliency trainer in the Army, and I happen to know that there's a lot of methodologies in common between the two. Um, but right now, I think what stands out to me is helping people eliminate anxiety and stress so that their businesses can thrive. But that, that's actually a topic I've been um, pondering on for days as, as we look at opening our country back up in our current environment. And I, I, I know I've seen, I've heard from a ton of people who are just anxious in general. What are your thoughts on that? Oh yeah. There's a lot of people that want to get back to work. There's a lot of people that are struggling right now. And I think what this is, what this has done for people is opened up their eyes to the fact that they need savings accounts. They need to um, have a nest egg. They need to, uh, I, I, I hate it when you see online like recession proof your business, recession proof your life. Like that's that that should be normal stuff. This is normal stuff that people should be doing every day. And there's a lot of like rich dad, poor dad teachings. There's a lot of like you should have six bank accounts, you know, you should, you know, invest temper there and all it's all it's done is make people realize that they're not financially stable and they need they need to rebudget their life. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's super, super important. As a matter of fact, uh, I heard somebody else talking about that today, you know, or maybe it was yesterday, but either way they, they were talking about, they've realized for the business that not, not only for their personal finances, but for their business finances, that they need more than a six month emergency cash flow. They, they decided that they were going to put forth a year's worth um, moving forward as a result of everything that they've learned. Um, and so any, any, anything that stands out as far as tips for thriving in business right now as in overcoming or stepping out of that anxiety zone? Oh, hundred percent. The biggest tip that I have for business owners to lower their anxiety and stress is to make sure that their foundations are solid. A lot of businesses, you know, like, like restaurants, you know, they're, they're not doing dining in. So we had to go to the, to the takeout. And so some places like 
Little Caesars never delivered. All of a sudden, they were delivering. Or there were partners like Uber Eats or DoorDash, and they were helping people, you know, restaurants, whatever, like deliver food. Some restaurants never really did a takeout, you know. So, you know, there's a couple places like uh, like a hibachi place or like a buffet place, you know, like Golden Corral. Like they literally never do takeout. They don't have a takeout. So what do they do? They just close forever. So what they decide is that you can call in your meals. They'll make the meals into go containers. And so, so I saw that like right at the beginning. I don't know if they're still doing it, but I saw that right at the beginning. Like call them up, order a meal or order off the menu or whatever. And then they'll, they'll absolutely make it for you. You have yeah. to pivot, but you have to make sure your, your, your business foundations are solid because if not, this is what happens. You get shut down. You get, you, you, you basically disappear overnight, you disappear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no opportunity to pivot if you haven't built a solid foundation. Right. I'll tell you, I did see another great yep. thing that some, some of the local restaurants here in, in Hampton Roads area were doing. Um, they were offering gift cards with like a credit. So if you purchased a $50 gift card today, it would be worth $75 when you're able to come back to their restaurant. And I know that is not a lot, but it certainly is something that they were, they were created in, in building that additional piece in. And I, I thought it worked well for the few that were starting to offer that. So that's pretty cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, um, let's talk a little bit about the road to here, right? How's, how's a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today. I know I've, I've worked with you or collaborated with you on a couple small projects and um, always super great work, but I'm curious to know a bit more about kind of how you ended up where you are now. Yeah. Uh, I joined the air force uh, when I was 18 uh, right after nine 11 and I built four businesses while serving in the military and uh, served all overseas deployments. Um, been a, been a lot of crazy locations. Uh, so that's, that was, you know, that was a lot of fun. It was tough running businesses and all that at the same time. But, uh, but again, if your foundations are solid, you know, you can do what you do best and outsource the rest. A lot of people don't do that. So I learned early on a lot of business fundamentals. I come from a, from an entrepreneur family. So I learned a lot of business principles from my uncles and aunts. And my mom even owned a business uh, for a long time. But as I pushed through these businesses and was creating and launching and monetizing all these businesses, um, the w- what really got me here was those systems and strategies. You know, so I look back. You know, uh, it's like a, for example, like a speaking career. I was a drill instructor from 2009 to 2013 for Air Force Basic Training. Then I left that and became a master resilience trainer with the with the military and a suicide awareness trainer. And then I used that speaking at a platform to go and get booked at other places outside of the military, which then I built the success core. to do leadership trainings and resilience trainings and all kinds of stuff inside of corporations and companies and um, at, at all kinds of events. 
And then I use that platform and all that to start my radio show, Life Transformation Radio. And moving forward with that, then I taught other people how to become speakers. I taught other people how to launch a podcast. I taught other people books and publishing and all that other stuff. So, so as I learned it and mastered the techniques, I then felt qualified to teach it. And that's, hey, where, that's, that's how I've gotten. <laughs> I love it. I, and well, in that last bit, after you felt like you mastered enough to be able to teach it is when you started teaching it. And that's, I think that's an important um, tidbit to pull out of that. It's yeah. Uh, I, I'm definitely I not a, I definitely wasn't a 21 year old life coach from Beverly Hills. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no, I, I, I hear what you say. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's talk a little bit then. Uh, there's a lot of experience there. I'm curious. I've seen some of your speaker clips, your speaker reels that have been floating around in the past. And I think that's sort of how we first connected was I was looking at a clip and you were speaking in uniform. So I, you were potentially still active duty when you started speaking to organizations within yep. the military. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, that's awesome. Yep. And, and your, your personal story comes to play there. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, do you mind talking a little bit about that and kind of just, just a little bit about yeah. how that story shaped who you have become uh, beyond yeah, the business definitely. foundation? Uh, so my, oh man, so my story is kind of crazy. Um, it's, it stemmed from, from childhood abuse from second grade to seventh grade. Never really dealing with it. Did a little bit of, you know, counseling, whatever. But always had a lot of like pent up frustration and anger and like all that other stuff. So joined the military and the military when I joined had a culture of of heavily drinking and partying and living a rock star lifestyle and going into different countries and you know. So I built my first company from two thousand four to two thousand eight. I had a business and we had a bunch of DJs, videographers, photographers. Uh, we were, uh, I, I was always busy. I was always at an event. Uh, we did weddings, we did dances, uh, we did corporate events, you know, running the AV. Uh, we did, we did everything, made a ton of money. What I also did, what that also did was create a bigger drinking problem. So in the military, we kind of already had a drinking problem, right? Well, spending a lot of time in bars and clubs and DJing and, and, and working with my team, uh, that, that created an even bigger uh, drinking problem. So in 2008, it got to a point where, still active duty, I got charged with an Article 112 drunk on duty because the mm. Uniform Code of Military Justice, they were getting ready to kick me out. Yeah. Uh, my wife had pretty much said, this is not what I want to take part in. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. This is ridiculous. It's it, like, it's too much. So always drinking, always gone, always working either in the job or on the business. So she's like, I'm out. So she left with the kids and then the military was like, you're, you have a serious drinker problem. Um, you need to stop. And uh, we're probably going to kick you out because you just got charged with the Article 112. You were drunk on duty. Can't do that. So I'm losing everything because of my wow. self-defeating behaviors. And uh, I decided that life wasn't worth living anymore. And I tried to take my life. 
in 2008. So that's, that's where it kind of all, you know, stuff with the childhood and stuff with, you know, brand new, you know, like newlyweds, new dad, um, started emotionally, uh, overwhelming because I know how I was treated when I was a kid and I was afraid that the cycle would repeat. And so there was a lot of frustration there. And then I didn't really know how to be a parent because I wasn't really parented well, you know? So, so it was like, you know, um, but what that taught me was that I'm, I'm stronger than I think I am. You know, and, and I thought that everybody was against me. I thought everybody hated me. I thought everybody was, you know, the people that mattered. Right. Yeah. But, but that's not, it just wasn't true. You know, they just didn't, they just didn't like the person that I had become. They didn't like the person that I was being. So with that said, I got help. Uh, I talked to, uh, I talked to chaplains, Mm -hmm. therapists, uh, had alcohol classes or whatever the military offers alcohol classes, you know, for you to like get educated and stop drinking. Um, so after a while I did stop drinking stop smoking, stop. I mean, everything cut out. I mean, all, all the people that, that I used to hang out with cut it all out. I was actually bought out of my company. Um, and then months later in 2009, uh, my commander said, you got a powerful testimony, man. You did a complete 180, like a whole new person. I said, I feel great. Like I just, I just feel amazing. And they said, you need to apply to be a drill instructor. You know, you have a powerful testimony. You should go be a drill instructor. I'm like, get out. Like, no way. <laughs> now it was a dream of mine for a long time to go be a drill instructor. Sure. Cause I remember mine and it was crazy, <laughs> but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Because it, it, it re-taught me those core values. It re-taught me that discipline. That's what I needed, right? Because I was, I was just falling deeper into my own self-sabotage. As a drill instructor, I had to instill those core values in other people. I had to rise above. I had to be that beacon of, of hope. You know, a lot, a, some trainees get Dear John letters. Uh, mm-hmm. I've, had, I've had people that, parents have have passed away or you know you get these red cross notifications that something bad's going on at home you know so so we have to be there to be counselor at first uh until we can get them whatever they need but you you like you're the first line of defense so it, i had to learn these these tactics and these principles that were being taught to me and because i had a way to learn how to be a speaker i could then tell my story and tell my, tell my testimony and then create a platform. And so it had to work the way that it works. If that makes sense. No, it makes great sense. And I can tell you, you know, having been an instructor in the army, not a drill instructor, but an instructor in general, that we in that same category where, you know, first line, um, first responders, counselors, you know, confidants, what, whatever was needed that, that, yeah, you have to be that individual. So I can absolutely relate to that. Um, and that, that is transforming all by itself. Um, but those experiences combined, certainly, I don't think I'd be where I am today, you know, if I didn't have the experiences that I've had. So absolutely makes sense. 
And so I'm curious. Um, I heard something. This was this morning, not potentially yesterday, but this morning I heard something that stood out to me. And what you just said kind of lined up is, you know, at one point you felt like everyone was against you. And have you seen that from a lot of the business owners or entrepreneurs that you work with where they there's this perception that if they do something, people aren't going to like them? And then have oh, you yeah. seen the other side of that true where when they when they look at the numbers or they look at who actually likes them versus who dislikes them, that the likes outweigh the dislikes by far. Is that kind of true to your story and true to what you're seeing in business? Well, there's, there's a lot of vanity metrics out there, but <laughs> a lot true. of business owners that I work with, they tend to live in the reality of what other people think about them. And a lot of people do that. A lot of people live in the reality of what others think about them. And then they live up to that reality because they either don't have a lot of self-value, a lot of self-esteem, self-love. They haven't established their value. And a lot of new entrepreneurs face this. Um, there was a Facebook post that, that went viral, uh, I don't know, a year or two ago. And it said, Sally gets a new job. 240 yeah. likes and comments. <laughs> Sally starts a business and becomes an entrepreneur. Three likes and no comments. Yeah. You know, so entrepreneurship's hard. It's lonely. You know, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of small businesses, but, but the community is, is, is super small. Yeah, and, and I, I, lot I see that quite often. Community is super important, especially... Yep especially for people coming out of the military and transitioning into something that isn't related to the military. You know, yours is, um, you, your story kind of stems from there, but um, if you don't have community, then it definitely feels even more lonely. Right. Yep. And moreover, new entrepreneurs tend to want to do, do everything themselves and not outsource anything. They just want to do everything themselves. And it's just, it, it's crazy to think that way. So I concur. What would you suggest? Um, the first things they should look at outsourcing. Uh, do what you do best, which are your DPAs. DPAs are dollar producing activities. Mm -hmm. You follow your DPAs. You do what you do best and everything else is outsourced. Do what you do best, outsource the rest. No, yeah, that's absolutely true. And I, I'll i take that point a bit further. It's, I, I heard something not long ago related to that, and it was regarding website design, right? It was, mm -hmm. it was how, how do I know when it's time to outsource website design? And the answer was quite simple, but it was shocking, the number of people I saw not recognizing it. And, and it's as simple as, would you pay someone else your hourly rate to yep. build it the way you would you, yep. with your skill set, right? You, so you're not, you're saying you suck at web design. Would you pay someone else to build it the, the exact same skill level that you would have right now? And if the answer is no, I would expect much better Then you should and definitely outsource, consider so. outsourcing. So, yep. Absolutely. That's yep. If it's not in your wheelhouse, if, if you, if you're not really skilled at it, then you don't need to be doing it. If what, any action that you take, okay, any action that you take 
in your business should be a dollar producing activity because it's your business. You should be doing just those DPAs. The other stuff, the admin stuff should be outsourced. It just, it just should because it frees you up to be concentrating on what you do best. So if it's creating marketing campaigns, if it's building websites for people, if it's podcasts, uh, virtual summits, speaking, uh, whatever it is that you deliver, you need to deliver that and stay in your lane. Everything else gets outsourced because it's going to free up your time to make more money. Most people are, are like, oh, no, I, I can't afford to pay somebody to do that. No, I can't do that. And, you know, whatever. Okay. But you're going to spend time on it, which is taking away time for you and those DPAs. And if you're not spending time on what makes you you, then you're not going to be as profitable as you could be. Yeah. I was going to say that's the. So you the have to outsource cost. it. The hidden cost. And. Yep. and- you can't afford not to at that point when you when you look at the numbers right. and what you're spending your time on, and your time is time is the one thing that we can never get back. So, um, it, yeah, you, I definitely agree. You should be wise with where you invest your time um, and make smart choices about what what your what activities you're involved in, especially as it pertains to whether or not it's making money or not. Yeah, so that's a great point. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I think you said it, but I want to make sure I cover it. How long have you been? Um, well, how long has the Success Corps been around now? Because uh, you started speaking before the Success Corps came about, is yep. that right? Yeah. And then, yep. how long has the Life Transformation Radio piece been a part of? Yeah. So I, I created the Success Corps in 2016, and Life Transformation Radio in 2017. Okay, and you've been speaking since before you. Since two thousand nine, two thousand nine. That was that was like that was your comeback, right? That's what you talked about yep. after you. Yeah, okay. I want to make sure I had the timeline straight. So, oh yeah, I I've listened to Life Transformation Radio, and I've listened to a few particular guests, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I know you've had some just amazing conversations over there. But who's been? I'm just curious. Side note: Who's been your favorite guest of all? Oh man, that's like trying to pick your favorite child. I know um, you don't have which, you don't have to answer, <laughs> which I do have. No, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, gosh, man, there's so many guests that that stick out. There's there's so many guests that that are man, they're just so incredible. Uh, well, I had Bruce Buffer on the show. I I had Bruce Buffer on the show, and that was oh, yeah? that was really really cool to have him on the show. Um, my friend Christopher Lockett and I went an hour and a half, almost two hours on an episode, um, just talking business and category design and just a great conversation. Um, I had a guy on the show whose kid was bullied in middle school and high school and then, and then committed suicide. That sticks oh. out. Um, yeah, that would stick I had, out. I had, uh, I had uh, one 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 woman whose husband died of colon cancer. Mm. F- fast, like it was really fast, and uh, she's now taken on like his battle to um, 
to like educate people and, you know, left behind two young kids, you know, within a few months he was sick and then it was a few months and then done. So, you know, that always sticks out. Um, I, I mean, I, I 360 episodes, um, so many, so many amazing people. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, and so then who would be like your, if you could get one guest on your podcast or your, your show, um, who would be that perfect or, or the one that you'd love to have? The, like a description or like an actual person? The person. Either one, I think. We'll go with either so, one. So, so, the, so the ideal person for my show is someone with an amazing, incredible story. So it, it's about transfer. What is your transformative moment? What is or what has happened to you in your life that transformational moment that changed your life and put you on the path to what you're doing today? I want to like Mothers Against Drunk Driving was started because their child was killed by a drunk driver. And now look, you have Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Right. A lot of businesses that I want to talk to their business was started because of a tragedy. That's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about, you know, the, the people who have, you know, 501 C threes because of something that happened in their life. I want to know how you've taken your tragedy and spun it to educate the world, to transform lives, to elevate the world around you. That's what I want to know. Uh, yeah, an amazing powerful. guest that I would that I would love to have on the show. Um, I have a whole list. I have like I have like a fifty person list. You know, people that I'm like I, I have to have this person on the show. Uh, I've been chasing Simon Sinek for like three years now. You know, practically begging him to come on my show at this point. Um, he's I'm, been an not, awesome I'm, guest on a few shows I've listened to. So yeah, I, I can, he's just I, yeah. he's incredible. But I I haven't heard. I haven't heard because he always has a book like Start with Why, right? Yeah. I, I want to ask him, like, what is your why? Oh man, that's a you know, great like, question. Yeah. Like, like what I don't think he ever answers it. He always talks about you have to have a why, but like what's his why? Like I, right? Uh Simon Sinek would be would be absolutely incredible. Uh a dream guest, a dream guest would be uh anybody from KISS. Because I grew up listening to Kiss, so anybody from Kiss, um, especially Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, I would absolutely die to have them on the show. Uh, That'd be a I've, super fun show. I've met, I've messaged Bruce Kulick a couple times. Mm -hmm. He's never answered. Um, Joe Satriani would be awesome to be on the show too. One of the greatest guitar players alive. Um, Joe Satriani would be absolutely incredible. Uh, but. You know, outside of, outside of Gene Simmons and, and Paul Stanley, because uh, my my aunt who passed away in 2004, she was a huge Kiss Army. You know, mm. per, I mean, just loved, loved, loved Kiss. So I got my love of Kiss from her. But the the one guest that I could just I could be like, "Yep, life's complete. Shutting my show down. This is it." You know, the the one person. Uh, in 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 this world that I think that I could have on the show and and feel completely confident that that I'm the greatest podcaster in the world, <laughs> um, that would have to be hands down. And, and I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's controversial. I don't know because I don't do religion, 
and I don't do politics. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't do religion like my religion is better than yours. Like I don't have pastors on and I don't have, you know, but I do yep. have, but I do have people who are Christian or who are religious who says their God is awesome because, you know, that's what I believe too. But it's talking about those transformative moments. It's not, it's not like I have a Mormon on there trying to convert people in my listeners to Mormonism or trying to convert people to Jesus. But like, that's not what my sure. platform is about. Right. Right. Uh, however, um, but I don't have those type of people and I don't do politics. So I would never have like Trump on the show. I would never have like congressmen, like people like that. Right. No, I'm with you there. Right. But, um, but yeah, if I could have somebody on the show and I'm like, I like, this would be, this would be the guy, like this would be the one, uh, would have to be Sean Connery. Like I would love okay. to have Sean Connery on the show. It would, it would be, I mean, oh my gosh. I can imagine that would be just a, a conversation to blow most folks away. Oh my gosh. Like, good Lord. Sean Connery, man. Oh man. Just, just his background and in, in, like the movies that he's been in and uh, stemming, I mean, decade, I mean, 007 back in like freaking, what, like 70s? Yeah, a long time You know, ago. Like, 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 the, like the best 007 ever. You know, I mean, just, just those that, conversations alone. <laughs> it is, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, like it would be kind of controversial. It would be kind of, right? So that's what I'm saying. Like, Sean Connery would be like my number one life goal dream to have Sean Connery on my show. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that, yeah, that would be an interesting conversation, and I'd love to hear it. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if it we'll happens, put the whole who's the best 007 to bed too. <laughs> yeah, well, I have to. Absolutely. Because that, that, that would be probably the heart of controversy. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So um, transformate transformative moments. That's a powerful topic. And now it all clicks for me. You know, I've listened to a few of your shows, like I said, and, and they've been great conversations, but um, I don't know that that ever it probably should have life transformations radio um, never stood out, but that, uh, you know, I, you had Pete Evick is a friend of mine on one of your episodes yep. and, and great I episode, see, by the way, it was, it was outstanding. What do you remember the episode number? For anybody um, that might be, I can go find it. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm actually not. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not quite I, sure. It was uh it was last season. Yeah. Uh, I can go back and look for it. I, I just want to be able to throw a link there in the show notes. I know you have a link to the show we're going to put in here. Oh yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's um, Pete Evick was on the show May sixteenth of last year, which uh, would have made him season uh, season three. Uh, um, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure the episode number. Uh, that's all right. I, I mean, I really, I can, I can do the legwork and find that. I just, I know that that was a great conversation. That's one of the shows I've listened to, of course. Yeah. I know. Season, from, season three, episode 47. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I, I know he had some transformative moments, um, that y'all touched on in that yep. episode and, and oh yeah uh, so it all makes sense and so when you have these business owners on your show um what what is so the transformative moment is 
where their story sort of begins. Not, yeah, it begins. That's where and, it begins. Then, it begins at the transformation. And you know? how are you helping them achieve more beyond the show that you're doing? How are you helping business owners um, leverage that as a way to build their beginning, if you will? Absolutely. So a lot of the podcasts that were done, especially when I was starting Mayam, were these origin stories. Mm. And you've seen it with superheroes, like what's their origin? Like they want to know the background. They want to know, you know, where you came from, you know, whatever. I believe that your story starts with the transformation. Your story starts with the transformation. My story started in 2008. In 2008, this is how I was. It doesn't matter what happened in my childhood. It doesn't matter what happened in 2005 or one or 97 or, you know, whatever. I believe that your story starts with the transformative moment because that's the fork in the road. It's the red pill, or the blue pill. It's the 50, 50 coin toss. It's right. So, yeah. so literally your story starts with that transformative moment. This is what you're facing. This is what I you're facing. I think that super great story, by the way, is, is a huge part of marketing well. And yep. number one thing that I teach people to use when it comes to creating story or telling the story of their business is what is the problem that you're helping your customers overcome? So for them, it looks a lot like that transformative moment for their customers. What When do they get that aha moment? This guy has what I need, what I'm looking for. Now you have to tell them all about how they can get it and what happens on the other side, right? So it's right, huge. yep. But the mistake that people make is they sell the they sell the journey, not the destination. You know, that's right. A lot of a lot of people don't they don't they don't care how many times you're going to meet and what you're going to do. Like, like just give me the result. People are results focused. They want to know that if I invest in you, am I going to get this targeted result? This is what I, yeah. this, right? And so if you can get them, transform them, transform their mind. Um, a lot of people that I work with, we do a little mindset stuff. Mm -hmm. if, if it's warranted, you know, I've had a couple of people like, well, I don't know. I'm like, why are you thinking small? Like there's a bit of work we need to do on your, on your, on your growth mindset. I feel like you're, I feel like you're, you're thinking too small. You can do this, you know? So I have to like kind of coach them through that. But those transformative moments that I always talk about, that is what propelled you to success. Had you not had that transformative moment, you wouldn't be who you are and where you are today. So I wanted to pay homage to that transformative moment, the one that was, was so hard to go through. Like the guy on the show whose child committed suicide, he became a bullying speaker. He became you know, a nonprofit, he became, you know, there's a fund in his son's name, you know, there's, there's a grant or uh, a scholarship fund or whatever you want to call it. Right. You right. Know? That's outstanding. So, so, you know, it didn't go to waste. You know, there was a transformative moment where he was transformed. What is that moment? That's where the story begins. And the do you help people identify those transformative moments in their life? Yes. If they're, if they're struggling to find that thing. Yes. Yeah. That's good. What's, uh, before I forget, what's the best way for people who want help figuring that out and figuring out how to, to tell that story? What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? 
Um, you can email me at Sean, S-E-A-N, Sean at The Success Course, C-O-R-P-S. That's the easiest and way I'll, is just I'll, to email me. Of course, I'll put me. a link. Yeah, I'll put a link just in to there email well, me. But awesome. I didn't want to forget that. You know, uh, I talked a little bit about this in my, I just did a, a brief intro episode not long ago. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what I talked about was um, sort of a transformative moment for me. And it was just an aha. It was, you know, a lot of people are, are trying to figure out the best way to do things. And it's keeping them from doing the thing that they're yep. trying to do. Uh, and and I, so yep. I talked to you before we started this episode and I said, look, I'm here with the resources I have in front of me and we're just doing this thing. So yeah, uh, perfection, perfection is, is procrastination in disguise. Absolutely. It's the enemy. Um, and, and it was blocking from just creating this show. It was keeping me from doing this because I had to have all the right pieces. And I finally, I just had, had been set up and actually I heard from someone else, um, that it, it just clicked with me, but kind of ties into our conversation. And it was that message that you talked about earlier, right? Those unique experiences that everyone has and people need to hear them. If, if you're holding a message back because of whatever anxiety, fear, um, you don't have all the right pieces in place, whatever it may be, you're, you're keeping someone from overcoming something in their life. There's somebody out there that needs to hear your message. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. and, and being able to communicate it and identify those clear moments and then telling that story is certainly powerful. Uh, and I think a great way to have, have built this, I'm going to call it thing that you've got going because you have a lot of things going, but it's all <laughs> packaged together very nicely. You talked about the foundations and the strategy and as you talk through it, I could see it unfolding. So that was great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what, what tips would you offer um, business owners? Just, let's, let's just say business owners just getting started out right now beyond the okay. transformative moment. What, yeah. In our current environment, is there any like, things that you've seen that have sh- – uh, the shift word is bothering me, but shifted. Well, and what I – I said it before. I I abhor the recession proof your business and COVID nineteen proof your business. Like, why wouldn't you do that in the beginning? Like, why why isn't that set up prior? What why isn't that the main focus? You're not going to build a house on the beach and then remember later that 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 you're building it next to water and it could potentially be a hurricane or a flood. You say that's that not an afterthought. Living at the beach. That's, that's that's not an afterthought. No. Right? You you build your business against all all godly, worldly, man-made like catastrophes, right? So, you know, what happens if there's a pandemic? What happens if there's a hurricane? What happens if there's a tornado? What happens if there's uh, a a a societal collapse. What happens if, right? Like you build your business with these in mind. You build your business as if you are, you are thriving in each environment. Mm -hmm. Like most people, because the economy was, was, was awesome last year, right? Great economy. Everybody was working. We were doing really well. 
But even at the end of last year, like we're doing awesome. Everybody's like, this is amazing. We're having the best Christmas ever, you know, and there are those that, that still, no matter what, will not thrive. But for the most part, Americans were thriving. Absolutely. Perfect time to build a business. Life's good. Everything's great. And then the bottom falls out. So many businesses failed. A lot of them I call Facebookpreneurs. They weren't real business owners. They weren't real entrepreneurs. They're just Facebookpreneurs. They want to flaunt all over Facebook about how great their business is. But as soon as this happened, there's a lot of people that I know started driving for Uber and doing DoorDash and Uber Eats and like all that. They got a job because their business collapsed. Well, I wonder why. Me, on the other hand, I was thriving. I've created podcasts. So we've launched 11 podcasts and nine best-selling books for people. That's outstanding. That's what we do. We launch, we create, launch, and monetize podcasts, books, speaker careers, uh, programs, products, services for people, marketing, you know, the whole thing. That, that, that's what we do. Guess what? Everybody's now quarantined and have nothing better to do. So let's start a podcast. So we started a podcast. <laughs> like we started people's podcasts, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's well, what here we doing. are, right? <laughs> right. And here we are on your podcast. That's right. So, that's right. So I've been thriving in this environment. I have an online course I created. I'm writing a new book. I launched one. Of, I, I launched a new podcast myself, I have a third one in the works. Um, it's just, you have to ensure that what you're doing is viable in all scenarios because the economy isn't always going to be great and the world isn't always going to be great. So you have to make sure that you plan for, for everything. So for new people, you want to create and launch a business. Design the category first. Now we could talk about red ocean and blue ocean strategies and all that stuff forever. Design the category first. Category design is the number one business strategy that will allow you to create and launch and monetize your business to become a category king in your industry. It just is. And most people don't. Most people think that I'm going to build a business, so I'm going to have a logo and a website and I'm going to offer a service and it's going to be amazing. But you never positioned yourself. You never created the category. So you have to create the category first. And it's the discipline of creating and developing a new market category. Not playing in somebody else's backyard. Why would I go and play on somebody else's jungle gym when I can build my own jungle gym and charge people to play on it? In my own backyard. Why would I want to, why would I want to pay to play in somebody else's? Backyard. That's a great strategy. I so, agree. So you create your own market category. You define your own space, right? And then you have to condition the market so it will demand your solution and crown your company a category king. You condition the market to receive your solution. Most people talk about how awesome their stuff is. My, my solution is awesome. It's great. And this, that, the other. Category design is the opposite. You're marketing the problem, not the solution. You're creating a problem that only you can solve. And then solving that problem while conditioning the market to, not, to acknowledge that this problem is not going to go away. For example, 
I condition the market to receive the fact that you should be creating online courses and launching podcasts and creating books because you have nothing better to do inside of your quarantine. You should be creating podcasts right now because that is the number one way people are getting information because they're listening to podcasts. Absolutely. Podcasts, video, whatever it is, get get the information out there is, is, well, that's the starting point, right? Just not holding yourself back and putting your message out there and then working to refine it as you go. Um, Cause I, there's a lot of people that that's keeping them from putting their message out is it's not, it's not right yet. Well, but, don't worry until it's right. Worry about putting it out there, getting that core content, um, building that audience. Absolutely. Well, and so what would you say to naysayers? Like, Oh, oh the, so there's a ton of people out there who would tell you that, Oh, well, these businesses, and these categories, they already exist. What would you tell those people? Because I, I can see relatively that that's a fair argument. Um, can they, do they still have an opportunity? There's always an opportunity. There's, there's, there's opportunity everywhere. If you know, how to, if you know how, to, how to create and launch and monetize a business, then, then you literally have an opportunity. There's opportunities everywhere. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And if you need help with that, um, Sean is your man. Just, just create a problem that only you can solve. That's it. Create a problem. What are people dealing with right now? They have no revenue. Okay. Well, how can they build revenue? Like, th- like what are they experiencing? And oh, most people of, solve superficial yeah. problems. Literally, most people solve superficial problems. They just, they just do. And I'm like, okay, well, that's that's okay. That's a problem, but. But what happens when that problem is not solved? What happens? And when you answer that question, you'll soon figure out that, wow, I actually do solve a deeper problem. Yeah. Well, and I believe that there's three layers of problem. And it is it comes from Donald Miller's work. If you're familiar with what he does with the story brand framework, you know, the problem is surface level or like you talked about, and then that's the external problem. That's, that's kind of why people start looking for a solution, but that's not why they buy your solution. The reason they buy your solution is because of what that problem is causing internally, how it's making them feel. And then beyond that, they go into the philosophical problem, which is the why, why things should be different in the world around us. And um, they do a really good job of explaining that. Uh, and I'll put a, a link to that in the in the podcast show notes yeah. as well. And yep. If you're watching on YouTube, they'll be in those notes as well. So, Perfect. Sean, man, um, I, I could go on and chat with you. We could have a two-hour episode, but I'm not going <laughs> to keep you around that long. Right. You've got other things going on. Yeah. Um, and so one one last question for you, and that is, I times can be tough, especially when we're in our current environment. What 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 key tip would you have for staying motivated um, if you're facing that anxiety or the, some of those fears? How, how would you get through that? Or how would you suggest people push through with, and motivate themselves? Yeah. So gratitude is the number one way that you can lower your anxiety, stress, and depression. Gratitude has been scientifically linked to raising the positivity and lowering those, those, uh, you know, anxieties and depressions and would drive people down that dark, that dark rabbit hole. So count three blessings.
blessings a day. Every single day, count three blessings a day. Every single day. And when you do, now you can either put that on social media in the morning, I'm grateful for these three things, or you can do it in the morning, afternoon, and at night. Doesn't matter, but you can, you can have a gratitude habit or a gratitude journal, right? So what you do is count three blessings a day and it will, it will create a gratitude habit in you that will motivate you because love and hate can't occupy the same space. You can't. Love and hate cannot occupy the same space. With that said, positive and negative can't, can't occupy, well, I guess in an atom they can, you know. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. You cannot be depressed and happy at the same time. It just doesn't happen. You cannot be depressed and happy at the same time. So positive and negative emotions can't occupy the same space either. You display one or you display the other. Okay? So to get you through, count blessings. Every single day, count blessings. Three times a day. Every single day. And you'll see real quick that, you're, that you just lowered your anxiety, your stress, and depression. Oh, I love that. And I, I can attest that from my days with uh, training that it absolutely, I mean, so I, I gratitude. Was, yeah, I, I thought about it for, I, I fought it and I started playing with it and I'll tell you, it certainly made a difference. So then what would you say to the people who I've just had a terrible day and I can't find something that I'm grateful for today. Everything just went wrong. Do you got any tips for that? There's always something to be grateful for. You're alive. Aren't you grateful to be alive? Ah, there you go. Right? Yeah. Aren't you grateful? If you have air in your lungs, you have purpose in your heart. I promise you. Got to start somewhere. Right? Got to start somewhere. That's perfect. And then I think it's easier to find things that you're more grateful for each and every day as you practice it. So it's, yep. you, you mentioned the key word, making that a habit. Um, super helpful. It's been great for me. And it just produces, like you said, positivity. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, hey, um, Sean, again, I'm super grateful that you you uh, agreed to come on as my guest. I think it was, uh, we've had a great conversation. And I just want to remind folks uh, that you can get this wherever you listen to podcasts or you can watch us over on YouTube as well at the Pro Growth Marketing Channel. Um, any, any last words, Sean? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So what I want people to understand is that today is the day that you make the decision. Today is the day that you turn the page and write a new chapter. You have the power to say, this is not how my story ends. You and you alone have the ability to turn the page and start writing your success story. So do it today. Today is the decision that you make that you're going to write your success story. So turn the page and start writing your new chapter. Awesome. Well, there you have it, folks. I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.